0: This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. How's it going, fuckos? Sorry, starting this one off with a cough blasting right in your ear. Well, guys, it is the 2nd, January. Happy New Year. I hope everyone's out there uh, having a good time. Uh, I hope you guys are practicing. Uh, Iowa Pro-Am went down over this weekend. Uh, I think Paige Pierce took it in the women's class. I don't know who took it in the men's class. Um, Just going off of social media. But it looks like it was Paige and Tanya Jensen, which is like the two top women and uh, another lady... Uh, whose name escapes me, but Yeah, it looks like it looks like it was badass shooting on behalf of the ladies. Um in other news, if you live in California, right now the CBH SAA State 450 is going down. So basically you go to a, a local shop that is authorized to host it and you shoot yourself a four fifty round. We see who the big dog is. Uh, in California for indoors, I know. Okay, in the previous years that I've won this, I've won it with a 450. I've sh- I've just shot a 450. I don't think my X count was very good. It's probably Harry. The CBH has all the scores for indoor. If you guys want to look them up, it's one one really cool thing about the CBH website is you can see all the scores for previous years way back. Um, it's one way that I found John Weaver, and I found that. Because I was trying to figure out how to shoot the 900. And uh, I was able to look up, you know, who won the, the 900. And uh, John Weaver's name came up. And he was, you know, he was ranked at the top a lot. So his name came up a bunch. And then it was just a matter of me getting a hold of him. Um. So, yeah. 450 went down. Uh, I drove up to West Coast this morning. Shot the 450. Um, You know didn't, didn't get my goal today. I gotta say, but it was not due to a lack of good shooting. So it's kind of like, kind of good, kind of shitty. I know a couple people people wanted they want to hear how I missed, Okay. And so I'll give you the rundown of how it went. Um, you know, showed up, sided in my bow, shot the shit with my buddies for a little bit. Uh, because of COVID scares and everything, there was only like four of us shooting the 450. So it was really mellow. It was as low pressure as you could possibly want a 450. You basically shooting with your buddies for score. You know, uh, It was me, my buddy Jacob, my buddy Jim, the illustrious Rudy, as always. Um, it's just the four of us. We all know each other. Um, we're hard, hard scorers on each other. So it's one thing, especially my buddy Jim, it's one thing that I really like about shooting with Jim is that he scores the same way I do, which is like, it's going to be out. (laughs) If you got to ask another person, it's, it's out. (laughs) I really, uh, you know, I respect that. Uh, You know, if you want, if you want that point, you make a better shot. So, um, we shot a little bit, we sighted in, we got ready and then We were like, well, let's start early because no one else is showing up. So we decided to start, and I drew back on my very first arrow, and I just didn't have it, I just didn't have it together, I just thought, I mean, my body mechanics were fine, I just, I had this thought in my head, like, man, if you miss this shot, you're gonna have to shoot a whole fuckload of arrows, knowing that you missed your very first shot, and that, you know, if you miss this first one, the rest of, the rest of this is for fun because you're not taking it. And sure enough, I panicked and shot. It was so weird. Um, and then I proceeded to shoot the, shoot the legs off of this thing. I, I, it was nothing but X's and 10's after that. And it was a lot of X's. Uh, I was really happy with my X count. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing at myself because I was like, "I finally shot a three hundred in competition." It was at the state four <laughs> <coughs> fifty. Oh, pardon me, guys. Um, my adorable, adorable, sweet, cute baby, baby daughter, um, gave me some kind of horrible uh, disease, and I've just been bedridden for four days, I I showed up to this shoot today in the the same, like, pajamas, sweatpants, and a a Matthews hoodie, (laughs) but, like, no excuses, I feel like I shot great, I feel like the bow shot great, the arrows were landing awesome, my release was, it felt great, so, it's like, I know you guys want me to tell you something crazy, like, you know, all this, you know, fucking... Coriolis effect got me on the first shot. No, it was literally just me being stupid. And I don't know how many times I've talked about when you're shooting, like it's one thing. It's one good thing about having a mantra is that you can block out shit that comes in. Like you can block out mental chatter. Right. And lately I've stopped shooting with a mantra cause I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to feel it. I'm just going to go out there and, and just shoot it. You know, I'm just going to, just aim and shoot in the like most natural purest sense of the the art. But, um, guess what? If you don't shoot leagues and if you don't shoot, you know, some big practices against people you don't want to lose with. If you're just a backyard archer, um, that's where it's going to get you. Cause those, when that shit creeps into your brain, what do you tell yourself? And, when you say something back to it, like when that thing in your head goes, Oh man, if you miss this, (laughs) this, I mean, that's going to be ironically stupid. Uh, and your brain goes, shut up. We don't need that here. And then that, that first voice that started talking to you is like, it starts laughing at you. It's like, Holy shit. I am not prepared to deal with that. And that, that's what got me on that first arrow. It was nothing but mental nonsense. And um it just goes to show how weak my mental game is. Like, truly. And I'll be the first one to admit it. Like, that is... That, that dropped point was absolutely weak mental game. It is day one rookie shit. And um I just, you know... I hope I learn from it. It stings enough that I hope I can remember, you know, to fix it. Um... I answered that miss by just cramming X's into my target. It's one of the cleanest 450 targets I've ever shot. So I was very happy with that. I was proud of myself for that. Um, and you know, I know some of you guys out there, when you start shooting bad, when you when, you know shoot a nine or whatever, you get defeated mentally. And the way I approached it today is something that I was proud of. And I know... I mean, I'm literally telling you guys loser talk here, right? Like, I didn't get my goal achieved. But I did damage control really well. And most people, I'm not, maybe not at the pro level, but a lot of people, when they start shooting 10s, it fucks with them mentally. I mean, when they start shooting 9s. When they start missing, it fucks with them mentally. So how do you handle that? I'll tell you guys how I handle it. I missed and I thought, wow, okay, you know what caused that. You know that was a mental nonsense, you know. You know you can shoot this. You've practiced. You know your bow shoots good. You know all this work you've put in. You owe it to yourself now to make good shots. And that's what I did. I just started hammering out good shots afterwards. And it's like, I felt like, I guess it, it doesn't sting so bad because I feel like I did honor myself as an archer, right? For all the work that I do, I really got to like let it show. The only sour part of that is that it had to come after shooting a nine. And as you guys know, There's no room for nines like in the adult, male, pro, you know, even though it's just the state, the state shoot, like someone's putting a 450 down, there's going to be some hungry bastards. And if no one does, then shame on everybody, you know, but I would, I'd put money on it that there's at least two 450s. There's probably going to be one or two in the amateur class, even like there will be an amateur shooter that shoots a higher score than me. So, you know. I look forward to seeing it, and uh, I look forward to all the strong shooters that are... I mean, we're starting to pick it up. California's starting to pick it up. I'm always talking about the Washington guys, but I mean, we're starting to figure it out. And uh, I know, I'm happy about that. Um, but yeah, I I threw the nine early on and then just proceeded to obliterate tens and X's. Mostly X's. So, I guess, I don't know, there's a little bit of bragging in there, but just know that I'm not placing first, and I know it, like, that's not, like, dropping one is, is you know, you're, you're giving it up, so, uh, that's where I kind of feel like, mm, damn, but, uh, at the same time, at least I was able to go out there and, I, I, I don't want to say do damage control, but I got to break a lot of good shots you know so it felt good it it feels good for me going into fresno you know assuming i don't have covid uh i got a bunch of negative covid tests not that you guys care <laughs> i know i sound fucking fantastic right now but um not that you guys care but i'm going to get another covid test just to be safe cuz i don't want to infect any of my buddies down south um but fresno's coming up next week and i am so excited Like I, I literally, I shot, I feel like I shot that good today that I am excited to go shoot two indoor events back to back. Um, and I'm not saying uh, like, that's not a thing where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to come down there and win. I just know I'm going to have fun. You know, I, I know that I didn't miss anything today that I can blame on my gear. If that makes sense. Um, and that's, that's great. And there's nothing that needs to be adjusted it's uh it's a really good feeling to have my bow set up this way and to have my arrows arrows dialed in and um that just feels good. I'm just happy. it was a great day you know um i'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it was anything other than a great day. I got to hang out with my buddy jim and uh my buddy Rudy and my buddy Jacob and shoot archery. I mean that's better than a day at work. I tell you that so uh for anyone that's wondering. Total X count was a 39. So I dropped six X's. Um, who do I think is going to take it? I bet you Mark Rubio could squeeze it out if he really, if he can really pull his head out of that crew neck sweater uh, and just get it going. He, could, he has the ability to do it. I know there's a couple shooters up in Redding that. I forget the names of that have this ability. Uh Austin Watts might do it. Hopefully he's shooting it in the pro class. Taylor Spoolstra. Like, there's a dude. I hope he can do it. Um, and if anyone knows, Taylor Spoolstra. That guy crushes it at indoor events. Um, I think he's a USAT, like a twenty-three diameter type guy. I know he does a couple three D's and stuff. If anyone has his contact information, I would love to pick that guy's brain. Because that dude is um, hes kind of like under the radar, you know? Or at least he's under the radar up here. I think everyone knows him, but we should never see him because he's from the south. So, yeah. Uh, I'm expecting to see it from a handful of people. It's going to be exciting. Uh, With that being said, I'm also looking forward to the next events. Remember what I told you guys last time? When you make a little boo-boo, or when you fuck something up at an event, what do you do? You shoot that guy in the head, being yourself. And I'm speaking metaphorically, okay? You pave over that body, and you stand on it. And that's you for the next game. That's you for the next event. And win or lose. How about that? Win or lose. Shoot Shoot that guy in the head. Pave over it. Stand on it. And before you know it, you, you're you riding tall. It's a weird metaphor, I know. But, you know, I, it's, most of this show is just wackadoo metaphors anyway. I got a really cool um, question from my buddy Tim. Uh, Tim is a badass bowhunter freestyle dude who is... Uh, he's like a dude that can shoot 300s bowhunter freestyle. Um you know, he, I kind of walked him through setting up his, his ham skia, and he's a badass. He like, I don't think I will, ever, you know, I'm just going to go out and say it. I will never shoot a 300 with a bow hunter freestyle setup. And I don't care who says, oh, window, you could totally do it. You just need it. Nah, I never, that is just, I would sooner shoot a, a trad bow. All right. It's just too hard. I like freestyle. I like, the, uh, I like what I do already. But my buddy Tim about to go to Lancaster. And him and my buddy Carlos are both going to Lancaster. And I am super stoked for these guys. I've always wanted to shoot Lancaster. And um, the last time I watched the Lancaster Classic, I saw a guy that I shot with. I beat at Field Nationals. This guy, Doug. And he was crushing it on the Lancaster Classic. And I was like, holy shit, I know that guy. Um, it was just cool. It was just really cool to see someone I know. Now I know two guys that are going. And both these guys, to me, sound like guys that have potential to get on the, on the stage. So I'm really hoping um, they both do. Like, I'm, I'm pulling for both of these guys. These aren't California guys. So this is like finally part of my show where, uh, what am I, like almost 50 episodes in now, it's just starting to go beyond California. (laughs) I'm like rooting for dudes out of state. But uh, Tim asked me, he was like, hey, why don't you talk about what gear and tools you pack for a shoot Um, where you stay in a hotel overnight, you take knock players, uh, draw scale, extra knocks, dilute material, blah, blah, blah. Kind of like uh, an oh shit bag or a, you know emergency kit. <coughs> so, I have good answers and bad answers for this. Uh, the bad answer is, I'm such a slacker and I usually try to room with a buddy. And all my buddies are such anal retentive... Uh, we'll call them Mary's. They're such anal retentive Mary's. They all have everything I could possibly need. I could probably rebuild my bow with some of the stuff that my friends have like what i stayed with what was it four guys for redding i can't remember what i needed but all every dude had like a kit full of stuff (laughs) you know it was like a mobile archery shop but um for indoor events i really don't take much i just take a couple extra arrows there's not much you're gonna need i mean allen wrench just in case take a couple uh man i always carry a couple ounces of weight but it's probably you probably shouldn't that's like opening the door to oh maybe I should change something um inspect your gear like just look over your D-loop is it frayed do you need to change it I'll change it early and get like 100 shots in with it at least get a couple games in with it so you no know it's good aside from that i mean you just need a couple extra arrows take your allen wrenches just in case i mean you could take some serving material if you're going to lancaster they probably got everything there, you know, like, I bet you Lancaster makes a tiny little bit of money off of all the dudes that go to that event, <laughs> that go to that event, oh, pardon me, <coughs> oh, COVID, <coughs> it's not COVID, <coughs> it's not COVID, <laughs> should break my cold, coming cold, <coughs> Anyway, Lancaster probably makes a little bit of money from all the people that go to that event unprepared. It's kind of like Vegas. When you go to Vegas, they got bow presses there, they got every every piece of equipment you can you can buy. And what do you get in Vegas? You get like a million freaking guys that are like, "Oh, dude, my bow exploded for no reason, man. I got to rebuild this shit or, you know, there's always some kind of wacky thing going down." So, um, that's my bad answer, all right? When I shot Field Nationals, I was flying to, uh, I fly to Yankton, I think it was the Yankton that I flew to, but basically I didn't want to get caught with my pants down, right? So I took a little bit of D-Loop, took some serving material, I took a little bit of Hot Melt, uh, a bunch of knocks, pin bushings, a lighter... What else did I take? Bunch of ounces, extra releases, and yeah, I think I remember. I I ended up changing uh, pin bushings one night just to get ready for the next day because I, you know, I was shooting with a group of other guys. I'm not saying I blasted those pins, but my pins got beat up. So, uh, yeah, I I you know I've never owned knock pliers. I've used needle nose pliers before. But I've always just like uh, this is one of those things where it's like do as I say and not as I do. But I've always just like I've tied my D loop, then I jam an arrow in there and yank it. <laughs> or if it's a twenty seven, I'll jam an arrow in there and yank it. Otherwise, I'll you know I'll just find like a an Allen key, stick it through there and and pull it tight. Um, I've always traveled pretty light, with the exception of when I was doing nationals. When I was doing nationals, I would I would try to have a little bit of extra gear on me just in case. But I mean as far as like a little bit of hot melt and and a lighter, that's pretty much it. And all that other shit I had said earlier, you know? Make sure you got all your wrenches. Um there was a time where I traveled with like an extra Hamsky what's that called? What's that site? The short draw Hamsky uh, you know, the tunnel vision thing. What's it called? Damn, if I'm, oh, I'm so out of it. Anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. The Hammy sights, right? Hammy makes a sight. Looks like a tube. You get a bunch of different apertures, comes with like a, a kit, bunch of different, you know, clarifiers. I used to take that with me just in case something happened or something fell out or God forbid something. I don't know what. I, you know, you just, you can't be caught without your vision out there. So that's why I would take that. I Haven't taken it in a long time. Didn't take it to Reading. Pretty confident that everything was going to stay in. And that's, I mean, that's about it. If I were going to Lancaster, I wouldn't take anything. I just take some extra arrows, you know? Um, Yeah. So hopefully that uh, is some amount of help to you. I had another great question from my buddy Jeff. Jeff says, um, as you mentioned, archery is not a one-size-fits-all activity. Uh, we have to use tools to create the perfect tune for ourselves. How does this apply to the shot process and tuning of the mind to make a shot work time and time again? What tools do you use? I know you've discussed shot IQ in the past, but I'm more interested in what makes <laughs> Wendell tick when it comes to shot consistency and execution well okay Jeff I actually have a good like a decent answer for this Um, I believe that you're gonna shoot a bow a certain way 90% of the time regardless of what you've been taught right if you unless you have a coach that is with you 24-7 which I know you don't right who doesn't travel with you and he's not like a level 4 coach like Rudy So, if you don't have that, you're going to shoot a bow the way that is the most natural. Even if you're trying to work on something else. If you're trying to work on, I'm going to roll my hand a certain way, or I'm going to pull through the shot super hard, or I'm going to set my shoulder. I hear this all the time. I'm going to set my shoulder. My buddy Emerson used to say this all the time. When I set my shoulder, the shots go off, you know, a certain way. Um... Or like, I'm going to drive versus pull. Or I'm going to pull versus drive on this shot. None of that really matters. Because you're going to shoot that bow your own way 90% of the time. You can do this thing that you're working on. But under pressure, if it's not rehearsed, if it's not driven into your DNA, right? You're going to revert back to what's absolutely natural. So, I try to set my bows up. I try to tune my bow around just shooting the most natural way possible, most comfortable natural way possible. I mean, there is some give there, right? Where my bow is not comfortable is where I swing my back bar out. I swing my back bar out because it corrects the torque that I put in to the grip. If you ever hold your bow, right? If you have tiny arms or you have, you know, I used to do boxing when I was uh, like a teenager all the way up till I was like 22. So my knuckles and my the pads, like the finger pads that on my left hand are really like knobby when you're holding a bow. And it, you don't even have to be a boxer. I'm sure this goes for most of you guys. You ever try this? Hold your bow, right? And don't aim it, just hold it. If you're right-handed, almost always, that bow will slightly point to the right. I, I think you have to draw it back. You know, you need draw it back and just relax your hand. With your hand relaxed, and that bow points to 1 o'clock. That's, that's torque. That's you torquing the bow out of alignment. And you might have to do, you know, other ways to test. You know, my method for seeing this torque might not work for you. And you might not torque it, okay? I know the Jesse Broadwater. I don't think torques a bow. I could be wrong. I don't know the guy. So I know I torque the bow one o'clock. What does that create? That creates a right bear shaft, right? Left hair for most people. You can correct the left hair with the um, the Matthew's top hat system. You could do it with y- yoke tuning. You could do it with the the set technology from you know uh, Elite. Everyone's got some kind of method. botec has got that worm screw thing. You can correct the left hair on paper, right? Your bear shaft will still hit, okay? Very hard to correct a bear shaft that is caused by torque. If you swing that back bar out, it will correct the bow. It'll make the bow want to turn left. And so I do it just enough. Uh, I actually go like a little further. So that I can get it hitting, get my bear shafts hitting really well, and then I kicked a bunch of weight off, so that it's not uncomfortable. I, I don't have to worry about canting the bow to counter that out. I, I, Jeff, you know me, dude. I've gone through all kinds of shit where now I'm shooting a super light bow, right? But that goes into I want a bow that's comfortable for me. I'm not gonna. I I know how I used to shoot, right? Where I shot a ton of weight you know, 40 ounces of weight on my bow. I know that I can't handle that now. And for me to try and force that, I'm just going to frustrate myself. Or it's going to be a longer road to get to where I want to be. So I got to be smart about it. What can I get away with? So I take all the weight off, put the bare minimum amount of weight on. Um, You get the back bar out there so that my bare shaft's tuned. And then it's like, what what do I need? You know? A, a big one that someone asked me to talk about was grip pressure. And I, I could talk a lot about grip pressure, but I have a feeling that I would be telling you guys a lot of crap that I have... Like, I just don't know what I'm talking about. It, or it could be shit that I'm theorizing that it's not... You know, someone else's can come out and be like, no, that's wrong. But... Okay, all right. So I have the bow set up lightweight so that I know I can hold inside the 10. Um, And then I adjust the back bar for grip pressure, right? So that I'm consistent. I don't have those wild... You remember I said you're going to shoot a certain way 90% of the time. Well, inside that 90% of the time you're shooting, you might do something strange every third or fourth shot or every you know five shot every fifth shot you do something weird so to combat that i try to smooth that out by adjusting that back bar up and down so i can get a grip pressure to where i can either like shrink that or eliminate it so uh, that's me setting the bow up to be comfortable right After that, it's practice. So the shot to shot consistency and execution is 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 literally drilling it. Someone once said they wrote it in a book. Don't practice so that you don't practice to not miss. Practice so you can't miss, and that stuck with me. Where like um. If you listen to like the previous episodes I've been talking about, I want to shoot 10 arrows at a time because I only have like an hour and a half to practice in the morning. So I want to get as many arrows down range as possible. Volume. Volume is like a... It's a very important part of my success strategy. If you listen to the Blake Jerome episode, that dude's practicing four hours a day, right? There's That's another way of saying volume, you know? Like... Like they, there's no other way around it. If you want to get better at archery, you got to shoot arrows. So, um, the thing that helps me with that shot to shot consistency is slowly tweaking the bow with little, I mean the last 10 tweaks I did to my bow were so tiny that if I took a picture of the bow and sent it to you, it, they looks the same every time. Right. Um, I keep the tweaks tiny and well at least at this stage the tweaks are tiny and i'm just doing tons of shooting and that shooting is me trying to feel what needs to be changed like is this all, is this all smoothed out is that thing i was doing with my hand smoothed out now you know <coughs> oh, pardon me it's not it's not me drilling a grip in to my shot process it's not me drilling a a shoulder placement or anything like that. It's literally just me shooting. Put the dot on there. Get the shot to go in the middle. And my my friend Bet showed me this guy called the Anthony Huberman. I think they call it, I think his name's Anthony. The Huberman Lab, right? It's a podcast where this guy's all about human optimization. Kind of like the Tim Ferriss podcast, but a little different. And he got this, he had this one episode that was all about Getting good at something skill acquisition how do you do it scientifically this dude works at Stanford all right scientifically he found and he was able to prove the way you get better at something is through repetition that's it and he went on to show that like oh, okay two two things one was repetition and then it was not punishing yourself when you fail so They took like a sample group. This is just one of his experiments. They did like a million experiments. The one I remember the most was Super Mario. Because uh, I love Super Mario. Uh, But they... This experiment they did... They had people play Super Mario, right? They're like, you get infinite number of tries to beat this level. And then so people did it. They got a score. And they go to the next level. Go on and get a score. When they died they would restart at the beginning of the level, right? So if you get hit you hit a turtle, you you die, you reset, go back to the beginning. There was another group where they were like they had reprogrammed the game. So when you died, you just restarted like right next to where you were, and then you could just keep going. Those people all had even when they made it to the, you know, whatever level they had to get to. You know, they all did remarkably better at the game. They, were, they picked up the game and learned it better because they didn't have the negative like slap on the wrist when they, when they failed. And then they had to start over and go, oh, shit, here, here we go, we're going to do it again. So he was saying, like scientifically, the way to do it, not punish yourself for the failures, but just do it. Just keep, keep doing it. Repetition. And I honestly felt shooting that 450 today, dude, I felt like, I felt really good. I was like, dude, my training, my practice, when I say training, I kind of feel dumb because it's like, that implies I've been like punching a slab of beef and then I'm running in the snow and pulling a Dodge pickup through the snow. Now, I I just shoot my bow before the sun comes up, (coughs) regardless of the status of my health. Um... So, I felt today my practice is on point. Like, what I'm doing is on point. I might need to rest a little more. Because, you know, this four fifty five a.m. shit starts to wear on you. It's probably why I'm sick all the time. Well, that And my adorable, beautiful daughter just loves to put her fingers in, like, you know, bat soup and then into my mouth right afterwards. So... Yeah, it's repetition. And it that whole thing about repetition totally is harmonious with how I set my bow up. Because the more you shoot, I believe the bow tells you what it wants. And I'm at this point now where it's like I can't afford to fight anything on the bow. I don't have time to build strength for anything. I, I Literally, any free time I have goes to my girl. So... What does that mean? That means there's no fighting anything. There's only figuring shit out. So am I, if I'm dipping out the bottom super hard, bow's too heavy. Or the back bar's out of position. Something. You know what I mean? Someone's tacked an extra ounce onto the front of my bow. Something. Um, yeah. Sorry, I got like a loogie trapped halfway between my... Sinuses isn't throat. <clears> throat. God, I hate being sick. When I was a stoner, I was never sick. And if you considered, I smoked weed from the age of like 16 till 30. What am I now? 30. Till I was 35. I was like never sick. And then I stopped smoking, and it's like all these viruses are like, oh, let me get in there. <laughs> so I, I, I hope that helps a little bit, Jeff. I mean, I know you practice. I know you shoot arrows, right? Rudy has this thing he talks about called shot equity. Of course, he's going to put it into some fucking Warren Buffett way of speaking. But what he talks about is the more you shot, the more arrows you've put down range over the course of time, the more you understand what you want your shot to feel like, and the more you know how to get your shot to feel that way. And the one thing that I feel like I've gotten good at is knowing what I don't like on my bow. What feels wrong and how to... Oh, like, this is what feels wrong. I'm going to change it. You know what I mean? And I'll be honest, the thing I attack more than anything else is my stabilizers. The the weights, specifically. Um, and arrows. You guys know, indoor season, I, I go nuts on arrows. But it's... it's what's the number one inter- interface between you... And your pin float. It's going to be... You stabilize your weight. <coughs> Whether that's your ratio. I mean... I mean, I guess the number one thing could be your grip. But your pin float and everything... I mean, it's your, it's your weights. That's the number one thing. That's the signature feel of your bow right there. Is your weights. So you got to figure your weights out. And I used to think... There was no way to get it perfect. I used to think you would always be within plus or minus one of wherever it was, so I'd always carry a couple ounces with me. I'm starting to figure out now that's not true. That's a mental thing. That's a mental band-aid. Now, not that there's anything wrong with keeping an ounce on you, because I think I got a couple in my my, uh, elevation quiver. But, I mean, there you have it, man. Like... Oh, man, this COVID's got me, like, just losing it here. (laughs) I hope that helped, dude. (laughs) That's that's what I'm getting at. (sighs) A lot of what makes me tick, I guess, I love the the instant feedback that you get from archery. Uh, A lot of people know my sordid past with drugs. (laughs) And I think when you have a drug-addled brain, you want a quick fix. And I think, now that I'm a sober person, it's archery gives me that. When you see your arrow hit the X or you see it hit the 10, or you see it hit the orange spot, you get that little bit of, all right, you're good. You're good to try it again, you know? I'm also not... I'm never... Well, I don't want to say never. I'm not trying to get something and then be like, I'm done. I'm the best. That's it. There's never the best. You know? You're never done. I don't care how good you shoot. You're never done. Because if you shoot the best score of your life... If you shoot the best score the, the field's ever seen and then you quit... You're nothing but dust in the wind, dude. You know? Like, um... I shot... I shot a 924 in low die. Which is a perfect... It's a perfect score. Will I ever do that again? I hope. I think it's possible. I think it's possible any of us can do it. Because really, the when when you break it down... The only thing that stops you... Once you have your stuff figured out... Is just your mental... Your mental game. Um... All of us are capable of doing that. But that was just another day for me. The day after that 924, I was thinking about the next event. And it's not to be, it's not a cocky thing. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to take it as like a, oh, he thinks he's that good. No. No, not at all. But that's not, if that were it for me, then I would be finished. You know? You, you that can never be it. You're never done. Um, yeah, otherwise you might as well pack the bow up and start playing cornhole or foosball or whatever the hell it is everyone's switching to now. So, yeah, the mental thing. The mental thing is I love shooting a bow. I love archery. I've always loved it from from the very first time I shot my very first bow was a Hoyt Rampage. It's a Magnesium Riser Hoyt. I want to say I dry-fired it like a whole handful of times. Um, I freaking loved it, man. I love shooting a bow. I've always loved shooting stuff. I think it has something to do with our our genetics. I think um you know, I come from a long line of people that are like rifle people, you know. And then before that, I'm sure I'm the descendant of some kind of ape that threw rocks at things. Um and it's just in my blood. I it's maybe it's the the drug thing, dude, instant gratification. I don't know, I can't tell you. But that's what makes me tick. As far as when I'm shooting, Right now, I'm trying to shoot the no mantra. Like, I feel like I'm answering your, or like dancing around your question a bunch of different ways. As far as my shot process goes, I'm not applying the shot IQ anymore. It might have helped me today. But remember I said it's, it's just like your bow setup. You got to figure out something that works for you all the time. And that's whatever is natural for you. So I got to figure out how this natural thing that I do doesn't fuck up my first arrow. Uh, You know, in Fresno. Um, As far as when I'm shooting, dude, like my shot process is so, it's so simple. You know, I stand at the line. Are my feet comfortable? Yeah. I try to stand as far away from the guy that's next to me. (laughs) Because people do some wild stuff when they shoot a bow. Sometimes their bows go flying. So I try to make myself small in that regards. Um, I you know draw back I do the, uh, that weak thing people do where they kind of kick me you know, kick the bow up in the air and then they draw back and they draw level and then as I'm drawing back, I always take a really deep breath. If you ever listen to me shooting you can just hear <laughs> and that every shot as I draw back <laughs> deep breath. I hold it when I get to anchor. I don't stop breathing in until I get to anchor, and I hold it. Pin on the target. Once the pin gets there, put my thumb on the on the thumb peg, and then just give it a gradual push and pull, man. And that's all I'm thinking about: gradual push and pull. If I've ever had a mantra that was the most consistent, it's been gradual it's this word gradual always pops up from time to time for me. And it's unintentional because when I'm shooting the thumb button, I feel like I don't need a mantra, but it's there. I am thinking like nice and easy pressure forward and back. And this works with a hinge too. this, this whole, like let's not go nuts here. Let's keep this nice and easy and gradual. And, um, while I'm doing that, continuing to aim and that's it. That's it. And then that arrow goes off. I get to see where it goes. If it's where it you know, if it goes where I want it to, that certain part of my brain goes, Yes, give me more. And then I just do more, you know, I get to keep doing more. So uh I hope that helps you, Jeff. I know that's not like the most insightful answer I can think of. Maybe it is, maybe it's all I got. <clears throat> but the mental thing, the mental aspect of this It's something that I still am working on. I feel like I can tune a bow really good. I can build an arrow. That flies like a fucking dart. The mental part is the part that I'm still working on. So, I basically just showed you, like, half of a cake. Or the ingredients to a cake. (coughs) Go make your cake, bud. Alright, everyone. Well, that was... uh, that was the episode oh second episode for this week, because of the c b h state four fifty I'm gonna cut two of them this week uh you know happy new year everyone i uh let me see what else I got t shirts coming, so if you guys want shirts, I'm probably gonna sell them for like twenty five bucks. I'm not gonna make any money on these. I just wanna sell them just to get the just to get the name out there. You know just get the podcast name out there so if you guys want some hit me up I'll when they come in I'll post up pictures and if you guys want some you can hit me up then okay and that's it guys thanks for listening thanks for tuning in thanks for following me um i hope I hope everyone has a good time shooting whatever there whatever state you're shooting your indoor championship at go get 'em and uh, and that's it for this episode. Don't take investing advice from Nancy Pelosi. All right. See ya.